Good morning, it's the start of a new week, it's Monday, and there's only one way to start the day off, and it's like this. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot the whole day down, down, down. Shoot it all down. Now, I bet you any money you can't get that tune out of your head for the rest of your day. Maybe, Maybe you'll want to get that tune out of it. Out of your head for the rest of your life after you've heard me singing it, you'll be cursing me by tea time. And if you don't like that tune, get your own podcast and sing whatever the fuck you want on it, you miserable bastard. Anyway, for me, it's a classic, almost a perfect pop tune. So catchy, and from the groundbreaking Irish band of the 1980s, the Boomtown Rats, which was headed up by the one and only Bob Geldof. Now, you're probably thinking to yourselves right now, Aha, I know where this episode is going. This bastard is going to give us another rollicking about indulging a little too much over the weekend and all about this massive action Monday stuff. And he's already got, I bet he says he's already got three hours on the competition because he was up at the crack of dawn eating frog sandwiches as the sun came up and drinking cat's piss or something. (laughs) Something like that. I can't believe I just said that. That all, of course, is true and you need to sort your shit out as this is the most important week of your life. Every week as it starts is the most important week of your life. Um, The one where you level up properly for the first time ever. But just remember, it's my job here in Walrus Ireland, Walrus Island, to stay ahead of you. And you're pressing me increasingly hard, so it's not always easy to stay ahead of you. But that's not where this episode is going. You're not getting a kick in the balls today. So you can drop your shoulders just a little, relax just a touch, but not too much. Because I'm going to give you a little bit of very sage advice today. I'm going to ask you, because uh, I've been noticing a little bit on your social channels, because I do watch, I'm watching you all, that you're maybe missing out on a wee trick. Okay, but Firstly, back to our friend Bob Geldof. Now, it fa- did I say this is episode 81? It's episode 81, folks, with me, your 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 host uh, uh, and uh, speed mentor, the world's only speed mentor, Gavin Wall. As I said, back to Bob Geldof. Now, it fascinates, fascinates me, fascinates me that quite a lot of people don't actually like him, which is probably because he's got his own mind. He's not afraid to say what he thinks, a little bit like yours, truly. He's also... Um, from this part of the world where we live, which I have in common with him too. And he's a brilliant entrepreneur. Check out all of his amazing achievements as an entrepreneur. And I aspire to an accolade like that too one day. But there's probably one thing that we know Bob Geldof for more than any other out of all his incredible achievements. And he's had so many of them. But I'm going. I'm talking now about Live Aid, which he did back on the 13th of July, 1985. And if you're of a certain vintage like I am, that's a memory. Live Aid is a memory that will never, ever leave you. The scale of what was achieved or laid out for us that day was absolutely incredible with huge simultaneous concerts on both sides of the Atlantic, one in Wembley Stadium in London and the other in JFK Stadium in Philadelphia. Now, every single rock and pop legend played at Live Aid 
which was shown all round the world. The world literally stopped to watch and soak it in. There was Queen, there was George Michael, the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Elton John, Bruce Springsteen, Duran Duran, Stevie Wonder, Eric Clapton, you too, The Who, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, you name it. And if that wasn't enough, status quo played at it too, folks. And if I'm not mistaken, Phil Collins actually played at both, at both venues flying across the Atlantic to do a set in London and in Philadelphia. Now, Live Aid had been inspired by the Christmas single, which was Band-Aid, written by Midgeur and Bob Geldof, which was released the previous Christmas in 1984, and which all of the UK's top pop stars were in. Bob, uh, Boy George, Paul Young, Bananarama, Sting, Paul Weller, George Michael... Pearl Andrew Lidgely isn't getting a look in here. Now, that single raised lots of... And I thought he was the talented one in Wham, actually. Um, it was just the way he had that shuttlecock in his shorts. But anyway, that single raised lots of money um, through its sales for starving children and families in Ethiopia. Now, Live Aid was a follow-on from that movement, uh, which was really about humanising the people of the third world who we'd see on our news night, our news screens every night on the news. Um... Uh, but really, people were almost saying it like just another news story rather than the huge human tragedy that it should have felt like. Now, so the scale of Live Aid, which was in response to starving, to the famine in Ethiopia and all those starving children, um, the, the scale of it um, is hard to explain all these years later when we've got the internet and stuff can be put out there, you know, just at the flick of a switch. But essentially, on the same day, Concerts were inspired by the initiative that there was in London and Philadelphia. And there were concerts happening all across the world in countries such as Soviet Union, Canada, Japan, Yugoslavia, Australia, Austria and West Germany. Now, it was one of the largest scale satellite link-ups and television broadcasts of all time. Now, an estimated audience of 1.9 billion people watched it. It was shown across 115 nations. It was watched live as it was broadcast Nearly 40% of the population um, of the world had a broadcast to them and it's uh, touching it, It's touching the listener uh, figures for the Speed Mentor podcast. We've just overtaken it actually recently. So there was a massive, massive audience. Now a staggering 150 million was raised and whilst there are those who expressed doubt about what was actually achieved, you see folks, this is just a wee side note, you see, it doesn't matter how immense your achievements are, you'll still get knocked. And anybody who's ever knocked Live Aid, that's what I'm putting them into that camp. Some people just can't help themselves. Geldof said in response to some of the criticism that there hadn't been anything actually achieved was, we took an issue that was nowhere on the political agenda and through the lingua franca of the planet, which is not English, but rock and roll, we were able to address the intellectual absurdity and the moral repulsion of people dying of what is a world of surplus during in what is a world of surplus. He added that Live Aid created something permanent and self-sustaining, but also asked, why on earth is Africa getting poorer when the world is getting richer? Now, if you're a younger listener and you didn't experience this at the time, hit up YouTube and hit up the internet and get a feel for one of the most incredible events that was ever witnessed uh, by the world. Anyway, I hear you say, what the hell has all of this got to do with me and with my business and my personal development? I only tuned in here to be ranted by, uh, ranted at by the speed mentor on a Monday morning, not to get a friggin' history lesson. Well, you see, the giving back piece is so, so important, folks. 
It's good for your soul and it's good for those less fortunate around you. And if you're in a position that you can do it, well, frankly, there's an obligation on you to do it. But what I see from so many SMEs or small business owners is that there isn't enough thought put into their giving back or their charitable work uh, or their adding value. Okay, some people won't like what I'm about to say here, but ignore the begrudgers. But if you believe in a cause or a charity and you're involved in any way, make sure that you showcase it. And people say, oh, you should be doing this silently. I say absolute nonsense. The only people who are saying that are people who aren't bothering doing anything. And it hides the fact that they're not doing anything. But make sure that you showcase it as it encourages others to do. Similarly, this is the, the important, it's a social pressure. It encourages others to do. Similarly, Bob Geldof knew that when they see the impact um, that your efforts have on others. So I'm going to give you some advice on how to maximise the impact of your charitable giving so that it goes a bit further than just the pound notes or the dollars um, do on their own. Uh, so number one, I'm going to give you a rattle through about 15, 16, 16 different benefits that actually doing something, showcasing what you're doing on a charitable front that can help your business and the charities. So number one, stop giving small bits to charity here and there. Now that may sound cruel if it's taken out of context, but if you're donating a bit here and a bit there, you're almost doing a disservice to your charitable giving as you could be highlighting, showcasing, building a full CSR um, uh, agenda and adding value to the process uh, and the charity. Okay. Um, it's just like the approach you should take to any element of your business or your life. Treat it like a bit of a marketing plan. You know, Don't just do it off the cuff. Bring it into a consistent approach or thing to enhance the value uh, that you're given. Number two, select a charity or maybe two charities and call them the official charity partner of your business. Now, you could add this to your signature block on your emails or to your bio or in a number of the narratives that you put out um, throughout the year on your social media channels. Charities love this and it gives them more publicity. It gives them oxygen on your social channels and saves them from having to do all the beating of the drum uh, all the time. And they will reciprocate too and you can build a long and lasting relationship. And I'll give a wee shout out to somebody a little bit later on. Well, in fact, I'll do it now. Um, there's a great guy, Jonathan Lamberton of Northern Ireland's Children's Hospice, who's absolutely brilliant at reciprocating the effort that you're putting in to help that charity. Number three, build a relationship with them. This starts by selecting them as your charitable partner. Charitable partner. It's just like any other relationship that you'll have in life or business. The more you put into it, and I don't just mean money, the more you'll get back out. So number four, so if you're thinking about an event and you've started to build up that relationship with your charity partner, if you're lucky enough to have somebody like the Jonathan Lambert um, Lambert and I've just mentioned of the Northern Ireland Children's Hospitals, then they will help you market your event, sell the tickets, publicise it and help get you some great feedback um, for your efforts. Number five, and I think this is another one of Jonathan Lambert's, uh, it's, it's a hashtag, you can create your own hashtags about this and he has one uh, good crack for a good cause hashtag now if you're not so confident about blowing your own trumpet and this is often the case for people as they're dipping their toes into social media in case you're a wee bit worried about the haters or their trolls um, uh, hitting you up on your social and um, whenever you post stuff good stuff about yourself well if you're posting stuff about a charitable cause 
It's a much safer way to stretch your legs on social media and give yourself a bit of experience for doing that. Mind you, I must say, I've had trolls trolling my charitable offence too. But hey-ho, them's the bricks. Um, you're unlikely to get that at this stage of your career unless you're having massive success like I hopefully, or the perception is that I am, and that's why they love to troll me on my events. And when you do get your charitable offence trolled, that's when you know you've actually definitely arrived. Number six, thinking about an event, maybe two events that you'd like to put on a year to high as the highlight of your charitable partnership, such as an auction, a golf event, maybe a night at the races. Now, we've been pretty creative with ours over the years. We've done colour walks and parades across North Belfast. Only non-contentious parades have ever been to North Belfast. The Greatest Showman event, a headshot event we did down in Danske Bank, the teddy bears picnics um, for children um, with cancer that I used to do when I used to partner with uh, Click Sergeant and many more. Number seven, and by the way, and I go back to number six, I mean, the more um, thoughts you can put into these uh, and the more innovative innovative you can be around them, the more social media you can create around them too to get people interested. Uh, Number seven, uh, by the way, uh, remember I did an episode about uh, award ceremonies recently, just a few days ago. Well, we've actually won a number of awards for our extensive CSR work, particularly our charitable and cross-community focus across North Belfast. So there are industry awards available for this type of stuff. And industry awards for CSR work are becoming more and more prevalent. So it's a great opportunity for you to market and give back at the same time. Number eight, sometimes there's an excess in your business of something which is little value to you, but could be quite valuable to others. Now, we've done this on several occasions when we've had discontinued um, lines of product lines of food in our spa stores. And instead of slashing prices to get rid of them and, you know, uh, clog up the shelves just a little bit we've donated that food to food banks instead so gifting to others and getting a nice piece of social media um, into the bargain so everybody's happy and it also highlights where the food banks are and details about them everybody loves that stuff number nine the corporates know how to do this stuff ruthlessly um, they have their own CSR corporate and social responsibility targets their own CSR targets and I wouldn't say that they milk it but they certainly maximise it SMEs need to get better at this too. That's what I'm saying. Don't be doing a piecemeal. Um, set it up and plan it and market it properly. Number ten. It doesn't always have to be about charity. It can be given. It can be given back or or about money. Even it can be given back by way of time or knowledge. I've done this extensively. That's how the whole speed mentor concept developed. As I was mentoring pro bono, doing up to twenty hours per week, and as the demand was growing, I had to find a way to condense my pro bono me- uh, mentorship, and so I showcased it in the twenty-minute slots and posted it online. At first, I thought that people wouldn't want to let it be known in public that they uh, were looking for help, but soon I realised the fact that um, somebody was asking for mentorship was them showcasing that they were wanting to grow, and there was a huge advantage to those um, who could be open to that. So it doesn't have to be always about money. And I've just seen, actually, in the last couple of days, somebody who's coming to our event next week and is listening to the Speed Mentor podcast, and he was advertising on LinkedIn that he's doing um, free workshops and advice in his own particular um, industry, Sean Bradley. So um, you, it doesn't always have to just be about charity. It can be about giving back and adding value to other people in your industry or outside your industry. Okay, number 11, it doesn't always have to be about money, that I've just actually said that. Um, added value will always be greatly appreciated too. And you're adding value to these charities 
by having their name associated with your business if you're doing a good job in your business and you're doing events. And I love it. Number 12, I'm going to say one word of warning because it's something I've discovered over the last few years. It appears to me that there are quite a few events out there where there's a charitable name attached to the event, but all the money seems to be going to the marketing partner or the events partner. And I'm not knocking efforts um, uh, that go into raising for charities and helping raise their profile. But please, please, please keep the charitable element of your event close to your heart. If that means that you have to dig deep and do some extra work yourself um, rather than hire an events person, etc., etc., dig deep and do the bloody work. Okay, folks. Um, Number 13. If it's good crack for good cause, think about getting actively involved in other people's events like I did for the wonderful Ellen at um, Bandanas for the Brave. And I let Jason Shanky, who's a local male groomer to the stars, shave my beard off. Now, the crack was mighty. There was plenty of money um, uh, raised. I got huge traction on my social and so did Bandanas for the Brave. And we all did really well out of it. So get involved in some other people's stuff as well too. Number 14, create an annual event and focus everything you do into that to maximise the impact. So you can signpost it through the years that you're going to be doing this event. Number 15, if there's a cause close to your heart, focus on it. Um, and Northern Ireland Children's Hospice will know there's a reason why I am very um, att- attracted to theirs because of something that happened. Somebody that we threw an end of life party for who reached out to us when we uh, had Yogi Berry at the time. Now, you'll be more driven to deliver if the cause is close to your heart when the going gets tough, which it will as people can have charity fatigue Um, So you'll have to push hard and make your event extra interesting to make it a success. So, you know, choose one that's close to your heart, maybe a family member or somebody's been affected by something. Choose that. Uh, Number 16. And finally, it doesn't always have to be about charity. If you're passionate about a cause or about making a difference to a community or an area like the Wall Group has been with North Belfast, about trying to make a difference and showcasing the best of somewhere, and we developed the hashtag, hashtag back in North Belfast, And for a number of years, we were the only private sponsor of the Best of the North Business Awards, which were hosted by North Belfast News. And that was part of our giving back as we wanted to support enterprise, which is all too lacking in North Belfast. So don't just think charity. Think about how you can support others, whether that be groups or areas that actually aren't just a charity, but actually could do with some help from uh, and you could be in a position to provide that. So there you have it. If I didn't get you with the heartstring stuff at the start of the episode with the Bob Geldof and Ethiopia, I hope I got you with the force of the argument. And by the way, I could have gone on and on and on with the benefits. It's good for your soul and it's good for those who are less fortunate than you. So get your thinking caps on and get partnering with those charities. There's lots of them out there, folks. And why not post on your social if this episode has inspired you to partner up with a charity and let us all know. And then when you show that you're doing it, because a lot of people don't expect it from SMEs and small entrepreneurs, etc. When you're showing you're doing it, that will inspire others to do it too. That's it from me today. There are only three more days until the Unstoppable Mindset event at the Bullet Hotel on Thursday the 27th of June from 7pm to 9.30pm. Do not miss that event. It will be the start of a transformation in your life. Of that, there is no doubt. And I'll be doing a Q&A at the end of the event to answer all of those burning questions you have about mindset, success and the entrepreneurial journey. Now, don't forget to leave me a review and subscribe to this pod if you've enjoyed this free resource. Now, get your charity partner sorted today. 
be a Bob Geldof, not an Ebenezer Scrooge. There's no excuse not to. But as always, it's your choice. <laughs>